0: Hello, this is Pastor Rob Barber of Bethel Church in Temperance Plains, Ohio, where our mission is connecting people to God. I'm very excited to share the Word of God with you today because I believe God's Word is a powerful weapon designed by the Father to set the captives free. I trust the Holy Spirit will anoint this message and it will personally minister to you and set you free. God bless and enjoy this message. So this morning we're going to talk about the spirit of offense. Proverbs eighteen nineteen says this. A brother offended is harder to win than a strong city. And contentions are like the bars of a castle. When we're offended, guess what happens? Contentions or uh, issues arise between brothers and sisters in Christ. And that's what we're basically uh, focusing on. It can be anyone uh, that we could be offended with. But for the most part, we want to deal with the issues that, uh, that happen in the body of Christ. But you also need to carry these principles outside of the body of Christ with the relationships that you have wherever you go, whatever you're doing in the workplace. If we can take the Bible and cause it to be alive in our life, guess what's going to happen to the world? The world's going to be impacted. Because they, they, don't know, they don't just hear the words that we speak. They see the reality of the gospel being played out in our life. The love of Jesus Christ being shed abroad. Not only in our hearts, but in the hearts of others. So it's very important that we see the, uh, the impact that we have when we do not allow the spirit of offense to come into our life. But it's a, it's a battle. It's a struggle. One of the the major uh, tools that the enemy has is the spirit of offense. Many years ago, uh, President, uh, Vice President Calvin Coolidge was presiding over the Senate. And one senator got very angry at another And he complained to to Coolidge because the first one got mad at him and said, you go straight to to Hades. You know what I'm saying here. And Coolidge looked up from his book. He was just sitting there listening to them argue back and forth. He looked up from his book and he, he wittily replied. And he said, I've looked through the rule book and guess what? You don't have to go. You don't have to, and I say that to you this morning, you don't have to be offended. You have a choice. Every one of us has a choice. When we feel that, now we're all going to feel offense from time to time. You're going to feel, you may be offended this morning by the person sitting next to you. We get offended by our spouse or our friends. What do we do with that? That's the question. How do we handle it? When it comes to being offended about anything, you don't have to. Being offended is a choice. But here's what I want to say to you. The first point that I want to make this morning is that offense will come. Every one of us will have to deal with being offended. Some of the things that I'm going to be sharing with you uh, is going to come from uh, John Bevere's book, Bait of Satan. I, I meant to have the media team put a picture of the Bait of Satan up. Uh, I forgot to do that. It may be in our library out there. Uh, I think maybe it is. Uh, if you have not read that book, I encourage you to read that book. It is it's fantastic. It's inc- it, it will not only... Uh, help you, but it will encourage you as well because he deals with, with issues and he makes it uh, this whole situation with being offended, It brings it to life a- in so many different ways with so many different uh, illustrations and testimonies. So offense, offense will come. It's going to come to you, it's going to come to me, we're all going to be offended. Believe it or not, Pastor Rob is going to offend you. I'm not going to try to offend you most of the time. But it's going to happen. You're going to be offended by something that I say, something that I do. I'm not, I, I wouldn't offend you intentionally for anything, for the most part. I don't like to make people feel bad. I want them to feel good. But somewhere along the line in our relationship, I will offend you. And you have choices to make. In Matthew chapter 18, verse 7, Jesus said this, woe to the world because of offense. For offense must come. But woe to that man whom the offense comes. It's going to happen, Jesus said. You're going to be offended. There's going to be many opportunities as you walk through this life to be offended. You're going to be offended by your spouse. You're going to be offended by your children. You're going to be offended by your boss or you're going to offend someone, you're offended by your employees. It's going to happen. Is everybody on that page with me? You realize that it is going to happen? Yes, okay. When Paul came back from Jerusalem to worship at the temple, the Jewish leaders accused him of breaking the Messianic, or breaking the Mosaic law. And they accused him of stirring up trouble. When brought, Paul was brought before Felix uh, to give a testimony of what was going on, uh, he said this to Felix, Acts twenty four sixteen. This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and men. So it is in, it's imperative that each and every one of us strive not to offend other people. If you've got the personality where you just intentionally stri- inf- offend people, or you offend people not just because it's your personality, not because your intention, and you're not willing to work on that, there's big problems in your life. You've got spiritual issues. So when somebody says to you, you know, the way you handle certain issues is offensive, what are you going to do with that? Are you going to become offended? are you going to work on that issue in your life? Romans, we're taught not to do anything that would intentionally offend our brother. Romans 14, 20, do not destroy the works of God for the sake of food. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for man who eats with offense. It's evil for you to Intentionally offend others. It is good neither to eat meat nor drink wine nor do anything by which your brother stumbles or is offended or is made weak. You don't know how many times I've heard Christians say, it's my business, not theirs. Where's the love of Christ in that? I believe we have freedom to do many things that we probably should not do. eating certain foods if it's offensive and I don't think there's very many people in here that's offended by foods that people eat but in Paul's day people were offended especially the Jews when someone ate pork well Paul said don't be offended by that if they have the freedom to do it they can do it but we're offended by a lot of different things that people do from time to time because it's not normal to us But if you have the freedom in Jesus Christ to do... Now, I'm not not telling you that you have the freedom to sin, to just go out and blatantly sin. I'm telling you that there are areas in this Christian realm where one person can do it and another should not. It's based on your relationship and your conscience with the Lord. Paul sent us taught us the same truth in Corinthians. Give no offense, neither to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God. Just as I also please all men in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. We're always we're supposed to be striving to encourage other people for their profit and not going about offending others. But the reality is, no matter how hard we try, it's going to happen. Now, there's two groups of people. There are those who have been, you know, actually been offended. Somebody's done something that has been offensive to them. And then there's a group of people that believe they've been offended. Whether they really have or not, they think they've they've got an offense. Perception is real when it is reality to you. So it makes no difference what the other person said or did, whether it was intentional or if it really was offensive. If you perceive it that way, it's real to them. I can't tell you how many times that I've dealt with people over situations and I've had to confront issues and I've done it with as much love and compassion as I possibly could. And when the story gets back to me how I handled it, I was a mean, nasty ogre that yelled at them. I didn't see it that way, but for some reason it was triggered in their mind that that's how Pastor Rob was handling the situation. It may go back, way back into their past, something that had happened to them and all they could ever uh, see is that other person yelling at them. Father, mother, principal, teacher, who knows? Here's what happens in our life if we're not careful. We'll allow the negative Issues that occur in our life. Now we're going to, as, we, as I go through this, this the, the second series in this message is going to be the root of bitterness. And the third one is going to be the torment of unforgiveness. So we're going to deal with issues in people's hearts, in my heart, in your heart, so that we can walk free of anything that is holding us back, keeping us bound up. So one of the things that that we are eventually going to talk about, and that is uh, if we do not deal with the offense, it turns into a root of bitterness which grows into the torment of unforgiveness. But we're going to deal with it. We're going to talk about it, and we're going to let the Lord deal with individual hearts. But our focus has to be not on the negative all the time. Not on what has happened in the past. We have to come to the Lord and ask the Lord to heal those hurts and those pains in our heart. We've got to be, we, we cannot be like, I, I read this story many years ago about a pastor who had a, a leader that was becoming really negative in the congregation. And he, he, all he could do was see the negative things. And the pastor called him in, and he sat him down, and he said, "What's going on? You, 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 you've not been like this in the past, but all you see is seem to, to focus on is the negative, all the the negative things that's going on." And the guy said, "Well, there's a lot of negative. There's uh, people are saying things and doing things. They're not acting the way they should. There's there's all kinds of negative." The pastor thought about it for a minute, and he took out a white sheet of paper, and he took his pen and put a dot in the middle of it. And he he held up to that guy, and he said, what do you see? He said, well, obviously, a black dot. And the pastor said, wait a minute, that's your problem. You're focusing on the black dots when there's all kinds of white space all around it, all kinds of positive, all kinds of good things going on. We sometimes fall into this situation where we're uh, not—we get become offended because we're focusing way too much on the negative. Let's get out of that. The second point I want to make this morning is offense is a weapon of the devil, and you better know that he is using that to destroy people's lives. 1 Peter 5.8, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whoever he can devour. He is the enemy and he, he is our adversary. The Greek word adversary means an opponent. He is opposed to everything that you believe in when it comes to Jesus Christ. And devour... Means to drink down, to gulp entirely. That's his desire, to gulp you up completely and entirely, kill, steal, and destroy you. And one of his major weapons is what we're talking about this morning offense. Ephesians 6, 10 and 11. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might and put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. The devil has wiles. He has what what is uh, referred to um, in the the Greek here is um, frames devised or deception, deceiving, people. Methods, settled plans. You see, the enemy has methods and plans. And one of those most effective methods and plans that he has is offense. If he can get you to be offended, he will fulfill his plan, not God's plan in your life. The Greek word there is methodia. Methodia. And it we derive our, our English word method from that Greek word. The enemy has, absolutely has, methods that he follows. And he doesn't have to change his methods because his methods are so successful. And this is one of them. The truth, truth is... In the body of Christ, we don't have time to be offended by petty issues. We don't have time to be offended by how our brother and sister wears their hair or what clothes they have on. I know it's not such a big issue anymore, but it used to be big time. I I grew up in, in a denomination or uh, churches where if you didn't dress in a certain way you were not considered to be holy holiness had to do with your appearance and you know the sad thing is that most of those holy people or many I shouldn't say most of them some of those holy people let's put it that way were the least holy when it came to their heart It was all about the way you looked. God has called us to a deeper relationship with him. We cannot be offended by the minor things, the petty things in life. But this weapon has proven to be very effective. It divides congregations. People are offended sometimes when you change your stage. When you take the, a pulpit away and put up a piece of plastic, <laughs> love my mother, but I'm going to tell on her. She said, I like everything about the stage but that pulpit. <laughs> Glad she's not watching this one. I hope she's not. <laughs> To her, it just doesn't look like a church. And I understand that. There are certain things, that, expectations that, that we have. But what is most important is that we understand that it's not all this appearance, and we, we like to, to do things and change things up and move in a new direction. But if our heart is not moving in a new direction, all this stuff doesn't mean a thing if we're not moving in the direction that God has ordered the steps for us to walk in, none of this will mean anything at all for our future. Our future depends on following what God has laid forth, the path that He has laid before us. And praise God, we have a group of people here this morning that have a desire to move forward with God. There are so many exciting, incredible things for the future of Bethel. All we have to do is get there. Just keep moving in the right direction. We've got some things planned uh, for the future, some opportunities to go out into the community. We have people with, with vision for ministry, new things happening, opportunities. We have vision for um, God to establish some uh, new ministry for us to be able to, to minister to people in our community with a community outreach. Of course, Terry has this desire. We have uh, Vince and Barbara who uh, have a desire to do, uh, help me, brother, what? celebrate recovery. Celebrate. Yeah. You know, we have people here who have vision. Not just to stay in this box that we call church. Rectangle, isn't it? (laughs) Whatever it is. It's easy to come in here on Sunday mornings and worship God. Nobody stops us. Thank God up till now the government hasn't said you can't do this. We've been free to come in here and worship God any way we want to. The Lord. And we're thankful for that. Amen. Amen. But really, this is the easy part of our faith. That's right. That's right. This, gets, this is to stir us up. This is to get us ready to go out and do something for the kingdom of God. This is to, to speak to our hearts so that we can uh, be used in ministry. I was blessed this morning. With Jacob and Billy both coming forward and sharing. And Billy's done it before, but I don't don't think Jacob's ever come up in front of this congregation. God's preparing him for something incredible. Remember that I said that. Because he has a great future. He and his family, his beautiful wife with them. And their children. Amen. Amen. Billy already knows God has a calling on his life. Amen. Whoa. I'm just totally lost what I was saying, what I was doing. just know God is in control here. I believe it's time for the body of Christ to grow up, basically. Stop being offended by things that we shouldn't be offended by. We shouldn't be offended by the gospel. The world's going to be offended by the gospel. There's two things going to happen. When we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, people are either going to repent and receive it and turn, or they're going to be offended. There isn't really any... Much of an in between there. And we're looking for those who want to repent and turn to the Lord and receive from Him. Many years ago, in the mid, late, uh, early to mid 1700s, there was a famous Methodist church uh, evangelist by the name of Peter Cartwright. Peter was known for his fiery sermons uh, and his blunt. uh, way of sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. He he didn't did not back up. He wasn't afraid to sh- to speak the truth to people. And one day Peter was in a church, uh, evangelizing in this particular church, and um, in that church was the then president of the United States, Andrew Jackson. He'd come to visit, and the elders of the church came to Peter uh, Cartwright knowing his reputation and they said, please don't say anything that will offend the president. And then they went off and went to the back seat. Well, the first thing Peter Cartwright said when he got up, he said, I understand that the president of the United States is here this morning. And it was a huge crowd. And he said... uh, The leaders of this church has asked me to be careful and not be offensive. But I want to say this. Andrew Jackson, if you do not repent of your sins, you're going to go to hell. (laughs) Can you imagine what the leaders of that church thought? And he went on to preach his message. When it was all over, he went to the back of the church to shake hands. When Andrew Jackson, he was... He was referred to as old, rough, and ready. He was quite a man. When he came through, he grabbed Cartwright's hand and he looked him right in the eye. And he said, Sir, if I had a hundred men with your courage and your tenacity, I could rule the world. Not that he wanted to rule the world, but he was making his point. He wasn't offended. He was encouraged by a man who had the courage and tenacity to tell him the truth. That's what God's looking for. He's he's not looking for us to be concerned with whether we're going to offend somebody. And He's not looking for us to be offended easily. We need to toughen up a little bit. Get strong and recognize that our God is on the throne. And no matter what the world throws at us, it's nothing compared to what God can throw at them. The last thing I want to share with you this morning is our response determines our future. This is very important. James 4, 7, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. How you respond to being offended means everything. It determines what you're going, how you're going to handle future relationships and future events in your life. Offense, when it's embraced, plants the seed of the root of bitterness and it produces, I've already said this, produces that crop of unforgiveness. Pride is usually what gets in the way. Pride causes us to view ourselves as a victim. How dare how could they have said this? How could they have done this? How could they have treated me like this? Believe it or not, that's pride. David and Saul handled the situation of offense in two different ways. Totally different. David refused to be offended even though he had reason to be offended. He was in Saul's favor. Saul favored him. And he sent him out to be a warrior, to to war against their enemies, and he, he would always have victory. Everything that David put his hand to prospered because God was on his side. And then one day, David came back from a campaign. And as he was riding into town, the women started singing a song. And they said, Saul has killed his thousands, but David is ten thousands. And immediately, it said from that point on, Saul was jealous of David. Saul handled the whole situation. He was offended greatly by what took place. And from that point on, twice, at least twice, uh, uh, that I remember reading in the scripture, um, Saul tried to kill David with a spear. And then he chased him all over the wilderness trying to kill him. And uh, through that time that they were in the wilderness, David had two distinct opportunities to kill Saul. One time they were in a cave and Saul took his robe off. While he was in that cave, David cut the hem of the robe. And when he went back out, David showed Saul the hem and he bowed before him. And he he told him, he said, "I, I don't have any malice in my heart for you. I love you. Don't you see? I could have killed you. Saul seemed to repent, but he really didn't. He continued to follow. The next time, David snuck into the camp. And Saul was asleep in the middle of his armor, and God put him in a deep sleep. And while they were in there, his companion said, Let me, let me drive a spear through me. Just take one time, I'll drive a spear in, into his heart, and he'll die. And David said, No, we're not going to touch the Lord's anointed. David refused. Absolutely refused. To be offended. Saul on the other hand. Lived his whole life. With offense. Root of bitterness. And unforgiveness. And he went to his grave. With that unforgiveness in his heart. We don't have to do that. God has a plan. His plan. Is the blood of Jesus. That cleanses us. From all unrighteousness. If God can forgive us. Hallelujah. We can forgive others. First John chapter 3, verse 15 says this. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer shall eter- has eternal life abiding in him. And the scripture also tells us that if you're you have anger toward your brother, it's like you're, all, you're immediately committing the sin of murder. So our choice is not to allow this to overtake us. Remember, there's two categories of people. Those who have been really wronged. Some of you sitting in here today have been wronged. I've been wronged in the past. But I had to make a conscious decision not to allow those wrongs to stop me. I'm going to share this because I want you to know that I live in the same world that you do. Many years ago when I first became pastor of Bethel. Well, let me back up. When Tammy and I first received Christ as our Savior, we were we got saved at South Bethel New Testament Church on Silver Ridge, little country church there. Great congregation, wonderful people. And we learned a lot. And there was a particular couple that kind of took us under their wing. And we did Bible studies with them and, and loved them. And he was really a spiritual father to me. And then Tammy and I moved away and we came back and I became the pastor. And I was put in a position of authority over him. And because of that, he had a hard time with that relationship. He became offended. He became so offended that he told me once, he said, we don't, Need you to be the leader. We just need a, a figurehead as pastor. I don't know if I've ever shared that with anybody before. But that was his words. And it came to a crisis situation where one morning we came in, I was getting ready to preach, and the announcement was made. We're having a congregational meeting on, I think it was Monday night and the pastor is not invited. Well, I want you to understand something. I, I, for the most part, most part, I'm a fighter. You know, I want to fight. When somebody does something, I'm ready to fight a battle. I'm going to fight over it if, if I feel that I'm in the right I didn't feel like I had done anything. And it took everything inside of me not to go to that meeting that night. But God specifically spoke to my heart and said, I'm fighting your battle for you. Stay out of it. So in that process, as they were having the meeting, I had to deal with these issues in my heart being offended by somebody that I loved, someone that was so close to me and I felt was kind of a father figure. I was offended. But God said, you can't hold that. You can't harbor that. you got to get rid of it. That night, they presented their position and the congregation, you know, they wanted basically to get rid of me and the congregation voted to keep me. And later on, that, those people ended up leaving the church and I stayed. And I tell you this story because I, I want you to know that healing can come in situations like that. I asked God to help me not to have any kind of issues with Him I did not want to, to uh, continue forward with, with this issue of offense in my life, and I knew I was offended, but I had to deal with it, so I asked God to help me with it. I did not want it to become bitterness and then unforgiveness, and God did speak to my heart, and he allowed me to do that. And I tell you, years later, that gentleman came to me and apologized for all that, and our relationship was healed. Now, it's not like it used to be. But the relationship was healed. I had already gotten over it and moved forward. For His sake, I'm glad that He was able to get over it and move on. Whatever side you're on in that situation, God wants healing to come to your life. As we continue with this series of messages, I hope you come back next week. Because we're going to talk about that root of bitterness and how it'll grow in you if you allow it to. And then we're going to deal with the torment of unforgiveness. Stand with me. Hello, this is Pastor Rob again. I pray you enjoyed this podcast. What a blessing it has been to have you join us on this social media platform. If you would like more information about Bethel, please check out our website at BethelChurch.community. You can also follow us on our Facebook page at Bethel Church Teppers Plains. Have a blessed day and remember, love never fails.